anybody is trying to watch us online today, they will be sadly disappointed. We're having trouble with Facebook, but everybody has trouble with Facebook sooner or later. And uh, we'll just see how everything goes. Good to have each and every one of you here today. And uh, we are praying the Lord will bless. I don't know how many of you all noticed at the end of the song, it always gives who wrote the music or who wrote the words and who wrote the song or the music to the song. Well, in this case, it was P.P. Bliss. I don't know how many of you all know this, but P.P. Bliss was a Baptist. He traveled around with uh, D.L. Moody um, when uh, he was a tremendous singer. And uh, back in the uh, late 1800s, if you will, and that's when he came to prominence. Uh, what most people don't realize is he died in a train accident. He had survived a train accident, but his wife, whom he loved dearly, uh, she was still trapped in it. And he went to get her, and then the train exploded. And uh, that's how he lost his life. So uh, if you ever get a chance, I, I love hymnology. I love being able to study a little bit about those people that were willing to give so much of their life that we might have the hymns we have. Uh, with that in mind, I'd like to, for us to think about something that is called Love and Works. And that's what we're going to be calling the title this morning. Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 13. And we're going to look at the aspect of love as it is defined for us, and even in the word charity, as we see it in Scripture today. Uh, Greg and I got the opportunity to go over to Johnstown, and uh, Brother Mastep brought a tremendous message on prayer. And I uh, really enjoyed the opportunity we had together this past um, Friday night, it was, to enjoy our time together. And uh, I, I was really on the verge of continuing on with the message that he started with in prayer. And then I woke and I thought, you know, I need to go ahead and preach on the topic that is at hand. And that is in regards to love. But we want to start with 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 1. And I want us to think about, do we really love the Lord? Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels and have not charity, I am become a sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understandeth all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains and have not charity, I am nothing. And though I bestow all the poor, and though I give my body to be burned and have not charity, it profiteth me nothing. Charity suffereth long, and is kind. Charity envieth not. Charity vaulteth not itself, is not puffed up. Doth not behave itself unseemingly. Seeketh not her own, is not easily provoked, thinketh no evil. Rejoiceth not in iniquity, but rejoice in the truth. Beareth all things, believeth all things, hopeth all things, endureth all things. Charity never faileth, but whether there be prophecies, they shall fail. Whether there be tongues, they shall cease. Whether there be knowledge, it shall vanish away. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part. But when that which is perfect is come, and that which is in part shall be done away, when I was a child, I spake as a child, and I understood as a child. I thought as a child, but when I became a man, I put away childish things. For now we see through a glass darkly. But then face to face, now I know in part, but then shall I know even as also I am known. And now behaveth me abideth faith, hope, charity, these three, but the greatest of these is charity. 
As I pointed out, the word charity, as we have it in our King James Bible, is also the word love. It is agape. And charity is a word that was understood back in the days of uh, the, the writers, especially at the turn of the century of the 1600s, there was a constant vigil around the word charity. They understood it. It wasn't something that was how much I could dip into my pockets and give, and that became a charitable contribution. But it was how much that I could give of myself, and what it meant to make a change in me that I might be charitable that I might be the person of charity and of love that I should be. When we begin to study the scriptures, we know that the Lord deals with us. But it is so easy for me to say, okay, I've done my Bible studies, now I've got to get back onto the world. I worked with a man many years ago, and, and his statement to me was very clear. He said, it's only business. It didn't matter if he treated people poorly uh, during the course of, the, of his work. He said, it's only business. And I had a problem with that. Because the fact is, is that he would go to church on Sunday, and man, he had a beautiful voice. He could sing. He had a great grasp of the knowledge of the things that were written in Scripture. He was a good man. But that suddenly went away when he entered into the workplace. And I thought, how often we need to realize that the overcoming power that is in us should be one that says, I know who I am. By the grace of God, I shall be more. So today, as we take a look at this, I want us to understand this. He is in me. I have the power to overcome the deeds of this flesh. However, if I have been feeding the flesh, it becomes more of me than the spirit that should be manifested in me. Let me say that again. If I have been feeding the flesh, it becomes more of me than the spirit that should be manifested in me. The Bible teaches me that I am an overcomer. What does that mean? We're going to ask the Lord to bless. Now, Father, we pray that you will lead us this day. Lord, however long this sermon may take, I pray that, Father, that you will just continue to bless and direct. Help me, dear Father, to know the truth of thy word and let it apply first to me. I know this, Father, that when I've not been in the pulpit, it is easy to get caught up in the things of this world. But Lord, I want to thank you for not only the draw to be busy about your work, but Lord, the conviction that I should be more the man that I ought to be. The man of God that others look up to. The man of God that, they, that the people in this world say, that is the man that should change. And Lord, I pray that you will guide me. Help me to understand the things that you've given. Help me to be an overcomer. But Lord, I pray that all that you have given me, the salvation that is within, Lord, that I may draw from that each and every day, the spirit that is within me, the place and the abode of Christ in me that I may put down this flesh on a regular basis and, Lord, follow after you. So guide us, dear Father, even now. Help us to understand the things that you have given us and may we rejoice in all that you show us. For it's in Christ we pray. Amen. 
I remember many years ago this verse, and we're going to be doing a little bit of a, a biblical study as we go along, so if you will follow along with me, but let's go ahead and let's go over to the book of Galatians. <coughs> and we're going to go to Galatians chapter 2. Have you ever wondered why, the, why the, the Bible is written and it's laid out the way it is? Not necessarily, especially in the New Testament, which we see is not in chronological order, but there is a particular order. I look at the book of Romans, and it is really the essential book if I'm going to show someone their lost estate and bring them all the way to the knowledge of Christ. But then we get to the first Corinthians, and it is how not to have a church. I mean, no matter how you look at it, they did everything wrong. They were an early congregation. They had an excuse. In 2 Corinthians, they did everything that was wrong, plus they were of an unforgiving spirit. And then you have the book of Galatians, which allows the, this creeping in of the world, which we, I see so much of today. And then you finally get to the book of Ephesians, which is the first church that showed any promise. But here in Galatians chapter 2, I want us to go down to verse 16 and notice what it says, me, it says to me. Knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by the faith of Jesus Christ, even we have believed in Jesus Christ that we might be justified by the faith of Christ, and not by the works of the law, but for the works of the law shall no flesh be justified. But if while we seek to be justified by Christ, we ourselves are found sinners, as therefore Christ the minister of sin. Excuse me, let me reread that. But if while we seek to be justified by Christ, we ourselves are also found sinners, is therefore Christ the minister of sin? God forbid. For if I build again the things which I destroyed, I make myself a transgressor. For I, through the law, am dead to the law, that I might live unto God. Now, this is very important. Look at the next verse. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me, and the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not frustrate the grace of God, for in righteousness come by law, then Christ is dead in vain. Now, I know there sounds like a lot of gobbledygook there, but this, I want you to understand, the people were looking for something. The Galatian people, we're talking about all of Asia Minor, all the other churches that were in this particular area, they were looking for something that they could hang their hat upon. Now, it's surprising to me how many people, instead of falling back upon the grace of God and to know Him and to know His love and His purpose, they want something in their hand. They, maybe they want to elevate I wish everybody was as good a Christian as I am. Very pharisaical, if you ask me. But the reality is, is that I know that I have sinned in my life, okay? And I need to purge every sin, every thought in my Christian body and my Christian life. I am a believer in Christ, and if I believe in Christ, I don't. with these individuals in Galatia, 
was they brought along man, you know, we're the old Jews. And because we're the old Jewish people, we can we can really show you all how to live. But you gotta be, first of all, circumcised. And so they were trying to impose upon them a works that was a Let's go back over there for a moment, if you will. In Acts chapter 15, <coughs> when the Apostle Paul and Barnabas came back from their many tra trips that they had in Galatia, already there had been perpetration into the early churches, including Antioch, which sent out Paul and Barnabas. And that church itself said, wait a minute, we've had some Pharisees up here. We've had some saved individuals that are Jewish, and they said we have to be circumcised. And no matter how much that... Let's go verse 1. And certain men which came down from Judea taught the brethren and said, Except you be circumcised, after the manner of Moses, you cannot be saved. Now that, that's, a real, that's a real issue. In other words, they were adding works to faith. When they determined that then went down with them to hear the argument and to express it as well. So you had Paul and Barnabas, first of all, give a great You had Nineteen. It says, "Wherefore my sentence is this: that we try."
you know, think about this. When I do anything in the flesh, it should be always for the honor and the glory of God. Look what else it says. And from the strangling, and from things strangled, in other words, not eat meats that, you know, we wonder where it came from, and don't eat of the blood. Very simple procedure. You want to give something for the people to do? Keep yourselves clean in this particular matter. The reality is, is that over and again, we don't understand what it means to be a true overcomer. And may I point this out to you? And I was reading someone the other day, and I, I don't remember who was the author, but he pointed out, our prayer in the that's a good question, isn't it? Am I feeding the things of God? Am I feeding the things of God? By the way, the fruits of the Spirit, the very first thing is love. I want you to see just how much that the Lord tells us that we are to be overcomers. Let's go to 1 John chapter 5. 1 John chapter 5. And this was pretty amazing to me when I began to do my studies on this. In 1 John chapter 5, go down to verse 4. And notice it says, So for whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. How many of us know that we are born, not of flesh and blood, but we are reborn in Christ? We are born of God. And if we are already born of God, we have been given all. And this is the victory that has come of the world, even our faith. My faith is in, in Jesus Christ. My faith is in the Lord. I don't understand all. I'll be honest with you. I don't understand that. But I have all I said, what's the matter, Brother Craig? He said, I think I did it wrong. I said, what do you mean you think you did it wrong? I, I, I almost wanted to lead that man into a model prayer. I said, okay. I said, did you learn anything about it? He goes, I, I don't know. I said, I really don't know. I said, the reality is, is that when you tell someone of Christ, are you trusting the Holy Spirit to lead them, or are you trusting upon yourself? That's a good question. Many, I've had people come up to me and they said, you speak of election so freely, so easily. Why is that? And I said, because I know. Absolutely true. I'm 
Now get this. The next part that we see is in the book of Romans. And I want you to see this as well. In Romans, let's go to chapter 8. And how many of us have ever pondered what Romans chapter 8 is all about? It's, it's such a beautiful, magnificent book. It goes in and talks about our salvation. It talks about how we were redeemed. How that the Holy Spirit, there were witness with ourselves. You know, as I pointed out by Brother Craig, where he said, I almost went to, in the wrong direction. I believe that we as saints sometimes still don't know how to tell others of Christ. Case in point. Many years ago, I remember that I had two girls that came up to me uh, at a youth camp, and they, they were members of the church, or their families were members of the church I pastored at. And they said, Brother Prater, we want to be saved. And you want to talk about a challenge. Try to be a about Jesus Christ when A, you're in the middle of a thunderstorm, and B, all the way And I'm in this little dark cove, and I'm telling them about Christ. And, then, and I'm quoting every verse that I can possibly think of. And in the midst of, the, of, of all of doing all this, the girl that came to me and said, I want to know about Jesus Christ as my Savior, suddenly announced, I'm saved. You know what I said to her? You can't be. I've got two more verses to go through. That's legalism. I went to a man one time, you know, and he lived down in Burnside, Kentucky, and, and I always thought that he was redeemed, and I remember I went to his house and I said, would you like to know, Je would you like to be saved today? Would you like to know Jesus? We're afraid of the No, not today. I'm not ready. I said, well, can I come back? He goes, yeah, I hope you'll come back. I came back about two weeks later, and, I, and again, the same exact verses, the same direction. Christ Jesus. We are almost afraid of the love of Christ. Let me show you a couple other verses here. You've got to see this. So let's go to John chapter 16. As I said, I, I wanted you to see every little detail that I could find, and I even didn't write down all the verses. But let's go down, if you will, to verse 33. John 16 and verse 33. These things I have spoken unto you, these are the words of Jesus to us. Not just to the apostles, but this is his word to us. These things are...
But look what the truth is. But be of good cheer. I have already, I added that word already, I have overcome the world. You know, the fact of the matter is, if I'm going to be the man of God that I should be, then that means, and, and this, what got me thinking about this was one of the things that Brother Matt stepped butt out. He said, have you ever prayed that it seems like your prayers have gone nowhere? Well, when was the last time you said, I am going to dedicate myself to Christ no matter what? I get up in the morning, I read my Bible, and after I read my Bible, I'm thinking, okay, I've done everything I need to do. Is that really all there is to it? I mean, everything that I read during the day, Everything that I write, everything that I contemplate, ought to lead me to the day so that when anybody that sees me, they can say, that's a Christian right over there. I want people to point their finger at me and say, that man follows after Christ. Not because I want but because I have shown them through Christ. That's what an overcomer does. An overcomer says, I want everyone to First John chapter 4 verse 4 and if you don't have time to turn there that's fine it says ye are a God Here's the thing that's amazing. I'm in a temple of temples. I get to associate with each and every one of you, and when the love of God manifests itself in such a beautiful way, we are literally locked together. When we sing that song that talks about leaving the portals into the world, we will rejoice when we come together again. That is the power of understanding the presence of God in us. One of the old songs that I used to love to sing was Abide in Me. He is already in me. I don't have to sing Abide in Me because I know He already abides with me. I have trusted and I believe in Him. But the reality is I should also forsake the deeds of the flesh. Turn with me, if you will, to the book of Galatians. Once again, and here was the next to the last chapter, chapter 5. The Apostle Paul is writing to the Galatian church, and he gives them this final argument. He gives them this final statement. I want you to look what he says here. Uh, look what it says, verse 14. For the law is, to, is fulfilled in one word, Galatians 5.14. Even in this, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. But if you bite and devour one another, take heed that you be not consumed one of another. You know what that biting and that devouring is? It's a jealousy. It's a jealousy. Man, I wish I had their car. Okay, well, great. You want the payments? No. But I just wish I had your car. <laughs> it's more than that. I mean, are we jealous of other churches that seem to be growing in magnitude? Guess what? All we have to do is be faithful and ask God. And if we ask God to add to our number, he will bless. I am convinced of that. This I say then, walk in the Spirit, 
and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Boy, that's the hard part. Because I'm in this world, and it's easy to allow my eyes to enjoy the lust of the world. It said, as we used in our, our text verse last week or so, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. But I will tell you this, folks, the more that I see this world, the less of this world that I enjoy. Look what it says in verse 17. For the flesh lusteth against the spirit. The man that is inside of me, the only and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary one to the other, so that you cannot do the things you would. But if you be led of the spirit, you're not under the law. Do you realize that as long as we're feeding the flesh, we are literally feeding the law? Now think about it for a moment. How many of us know it's wrong to look after pornography. But we do it. How many of us know it's wrong to have idols in our homes? Some people have them. How many of us know that it's wrong to watch something on TV that curses the name of God, but we allow it? I had a man the other day, new fellow that works with us, and he used God's name in vain. I said, leave God out of it or you're going to be hanging this board by yourself. He said, I didn't use God's name in vain. I said, you came close then. I don't want to hear it. I don't need it. And my God didn't do anything to you to deserve, to deserve it. But look what it says. Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, enemies, murders, drunkenness, revilings, and the such like, of which I tell you before, as I have told you in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. By the way, as long as those things abide, I don't have a real testimony. How can I have a testimony? How but then comes love. I want you to see this, if you will. Let's go to, to John chapter 15. In John chapter 15, the Lord gives them this wonderful statement. We're going to go to verse 1. I want you to think about this. Maybe, and most of us that study chapter 14 and 15 and 16, these are the hours where the Lord teaches the apostles before he goes to prayer in the Garden of Gethsemane. These are just hours before he would go to the trials, before he would go to the persecutions before he would be whipped almost that he was unrecognizable and then nailed to the cross. But look what he says. I am the true vine and my father is the husbandman. Every branch in me 
that beareth not fruit, he taketh away, and every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, that it may bring forth more fruit. You know what? I want to be taken out of this world bearing fruit. You, you follow me? I want the world to see Christ in me. Not that I have to be ripped out of the, the tree, purged from the tree, because I am not a fruitful individual. Now you are clean through the word through the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself except you abide in the vine, no more can you except you abide in me. I am the vine; ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. If a man abide not in me. He is cast forth as a branch and withered, and men gather them and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. Herein is my Father glorified, that you bear much fruit, so that you shall be my disciples. So we're going to look at what the fruit should be, first of all, when we go back over to Galatians 5. As the Father hath loved me, so have I loved you. Continue in my love. Now, get this. That is unconditional love. That's unconditional. I have loved you not because you're lovely, but because I gave myself for you, and I love you. If you keep my commandments, you shall abide in my love. Now, what did the Lord command? We're going to see one here in a moment, and I want you to get this. Even as I have kept my Father's commandment and abide in his love. These things have I spoken unto you, that my joy might remain in you, and that your joy might be full. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Now, I want you to get this. When was the last time, and, and again, this is the purest form of agape. Brother Randy, I love you. Randy, I love you. Sister Brent, I love you. And I can go right on around. Sister Carla, little Gracie, Greg. You know, I can literally bring it out. How many I love? I love you, Kristen. I love you, Dennis. I love you, Jessica. I love you, Will. You know you're hiding. I love you, Jamie. I love you, Joe. Do you realize that love is manifest by each other? When we hug each other, whether it's at the Lord's Supper, or whether when people come in, we are allowing them the openness to come to me. Judas betrayed Jesus with a kiss. There was no love. A kiss was supposed to be a representation of love. But when we embrace each other, when I tell you that I love you, I should be more than words. I should be able to show it. Look what else it says. These things have I spoken unto you that my joy might remain in you and that your joy might be full. This is my commandment that ye love one another as I have loved you. Greater love hath no man than this that a man lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do whatsoever I command you. Here's the thing. We don't oftentimes understand the fullness of unconditional love. The fullness of unconditional love isn't one that that I receive love and I receive love and I receive love and I give nothing back. Unconditional love once given is going to be returned 
because it, 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 it's cyclic. It's a reciprocal. It comes back. I love Jesus Christ because he loved me first. I love God because he's the representation in Jesus Christ as the one that I'm supposed to love. That is the very power of the love that we just saw over in this other verse. However, when we think about all that we see, many times we fail to realize the power of love. I want you to see this with me. Let's go back to feeding the Spirit. Galatians chapter 5. And this time, we're going to go down to verse 22. And I want you to look at the power of love and the fruit of the Spirit. Look what it says. But the fruit of the Spirit, not fruits, not fruits, this is all one fruit. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. Every time that someone can, comes in those doors, it shouldn't be, oh, here they come again. No, it ought to be, welcome. I want you to think about the one person that you don't like. The one person that just, you've you got that one last nerve and they're already on that nerve. And I want you to imagine that that person is the one that you would see in their coffin not knowing Christ. I can say this without any reservation. I don't want to see anyone ever part this life without seeing Christ in me. I want them to tell me, I don't have time for Jesus. And then I'm going to say, but you have all the time right now to know Jesus. Well, that means i got to get... That means i got to give it up. I had a man the other day tell me, some man, we're getting ready to have a baby and I, I just want to give up cigarettes. I said, well, just give it up. He said, that's easier said than done. I said, well, the next time you want a cigarette, like the ashtray. I guarantee you after a few times of that, you'll want to give up cigarettes. But the reality is, is that we don't want to give up our sin. But you let Christ move into your life and we should want to give up every sin, no matter what they are. I don't like confrontation. I don't like being trapped. I don't like anything of the order. But how much better it would be if I could truly overcome the things of this world. I brought all this to you for one reason. I want to be an overcomer. I think we all want to be overcomers. And the thing is, I can pray to him, blue in the face, Lord, let me be an overcomer. And the Lord is saying, I've already given you all the power Stop feeding the flesh. And if we do that, I guarantee you there will be a greater joy. We're going to close with one other passage of Scripture. Matter of fact, I don't know how many of you saw this, but look down to verse 24. It says, And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and lust. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Let us not be desirous of vainglory, provoking one another, envying one another. As it says in one other place, it says, we are to crucify the flesh daily. I like what one preacher said, let's not take all day to do it. 
if we are to love one another, then there's going to be something special in it. The last passage I want you to see is in 1 John chapter 4. And let's go down. We're going to read a few verses together, but we'll start at uh, verse 7. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone that loveth is born of God, and knoweth God. I love verse 8. He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. And this was manifest, the love of God toward us, because that God has sent his only begotten Son into the world, that we might live through him. You know, one of the things that's really amazing is John doesn't change the word of God. He doesn't add to it. He just rewords it. Do you realize that in verse 9, he is saying what John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world, that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Love supplied the Savior. The Savior provided the way. We have a responsibility to the way. Herein is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his Son to be a perpetuation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought to love one another. No man has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God dwelleth in us and his love is perfect in us. Hereby know we that we dwell in him and he in us because he hath given us his Spirit. And we have seen and do testify that the Father sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. Whosoever shall confess that Jesus is the Son of God dwelleth in him and he in God. And we have known and believed the love of that God hath to us. God is love and he that dwelleth in him dwelleth in God and God in him. Herein is our love made perfect. I want you to think about this. My love is always going to be directed, first of all, to God. Think about that. And it is that same love because it's here and because it's there with you. We know how to love each other. Think about this. I can love and he can love and together we know how to love each other. Are we going to have disagreements? I guarantee it. But because we are united in Christ, we know the power of love, and that will help us in all of our studies and all of our doing. Now watch this. Please bear with me, and then we'll close. I really believe the first lesson that any new saved individual should hear is a lesson on love. Do you know how much the Lord loved you? He saved you. You know how much the Lord wants to keep you ever in his will? We see it in his love. If we are going to know his love, it's in the book. Sadly, most of us will never know the power of love like we should. And I, and I underscored verse 8. He that loveth not. You know what I love about this church? We may not be great big, but we are full of love. You've accepted me amongst you all with love. We may not get along with everybody and everything under the sun, but because of love, we know how to deal with each other. That's the power of overcoming. Lord, I want to thank you for your blessings, and I pray, Father, that you will use this word as you see fit. 
It's a simple word, Lord. It's a simple understanding that you allow us to be overcomers because of what you've done in us. Help us then, Father, to know your strength and your mercies and your truth. In Christ we pray. Amen. Brother Randy.